three. You know what makes women stupid is college. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi, man. Two. You have lost your mind. Long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that. Say amen right there. One. Let me tell you something, bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Put on a pair of pink underwear. Amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Hey, we want you to go to podlife.house. Podlife.house, they build container homes. These things are sharp. You need to go and look them up today at podlife.house. Have you guys had a chance to look at podlife.house? Me and my wife are looking at it and wanting to put in an order, man. They look incredible. Yeah, I got on the website, looked and looked and looked, and now it's got me so intrigued I can't stand it. Like This podhouse thing is amazing. I've got a buddy who has some property up in the mountains, and you know you always talk about building a cabin or going somewhere, but this this is something that opens up whole new doors. Oh yeah! Like how cool would it be to have a pod house on the side of a mountain yep. overlooking the valley? That's just something that is definitely in my future. So we got a huge backyard, and I told my wife, I said, "Man, there's not really room for a man cave in here. I need a pod house, yes, you do. man cave in the backyard." <laughs> so look them up today, podlife.house. Hey, we also want to thank our other sponsors, Free Life Soap. Uh, we got our shipment of Free Life Soap in this week. Got Woo! the new smell. Did y'all get yours yet? Not yet. It's coming because mine got delivered and she was putting y'all's in the mail. But here's something incredible. Breaking news on the RFP. She has gone from 10% off to 20% what? off of your order now. Wow. When you go to the recoveringfundamentalist.org, click on the RFP link. You now get 20% off of your order. She says every Wednesday when y'all release an episode, Episode, my site blows up and people are buying stuff. So thank you, RFP family, for buying the uh, Free Life Soap. And how cool is it to get those messages where guys are talking about the fact they ordered some of the Free Life Soap or Beard Oil and their wife loves it? Yeah. I think that's really cool to get those, those emails and messages. You know what I love is not only are we helping people break free from the chains of legalism, but we're making them smell good while they're doing it. Hey, we also want to thank J Radio. They just came out with a brand new app for the Apple and the Android. They got playlists. The Recovering Fundamentalist playlist is going to be up. I know, Nate, you sent your 35 songs 35. in. 35. Brian, have you done your playlist yet? No, but I, I will work on that this week. Uh, this past week was actually my 31st wedding anniversary week. Wow. Congratulations. Dude. I was five when you got married. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, we actually went down to the beach, just had a great time. And, and my wife made me make the promise that I wouldn't be on the phone, that I wouldn't do any church work, any podcast work, any kind of work whatsoever. And so to be honest, we just went down and, and, uh, we, we ate a ton, by the way, I've got to tell you guys about a sandwich. Please do. This sandwich is at a restaurant called the brisket. I like it, it already. Was, it was thick sliced, mm. sm slow smoked bacon, mm. collard greens, mm. fried green tomatoes. What? And the bun was hush puppy. No way. They made a hush puppy pancake. And all of that came together for this incredible sandwich with the perfect bite. That's incredible. Uh, oh, it was amazing. It was a highlight of the whole trip. It you know, really was. I wonder, Nate. It seems like Brian's on his anniversary trip all the time. Yeah. He just never responds. I know. I thought he was ignoring us this week. I did too. Again. <laughs> I feel a little bit better knowing he was on a, something special. He had special, an actual excuse yeah. not to respond this time. 
<laughs> I love it. I'm glad to know you weren't mad at us, Brian. No, you know, Denise has been a far better wife than I would ever deserve. She's far more beautiful than I ever deserved. Amen. And she has stood by me through thick and thin when literally we had, when we had nothing, not mm. even two nickels to rub together. And she has been the greatest asset of my entire life and ministry. And so I owed that time to her to turn the phone off. And it was amazing. Great awesome. conversations, deep conversations. We even had the conversation, where do we go from here? What's the rest of our life look like? Even the conversation about making sure that we dedicate the rest of our life to God. That's good. And foremost for both of us is serving Jesus. And I am gratefully married and thankful for what the future holds. But that's, 31 years, that's pretty cool. That's incredible. Happy man. anniversary to you and Denise. That's incredible. Well, what you missed while you were at the beach and not on your phone were a ton of emails yeah. and stories and Twitter messages and Facebook messages. Listen, we want you to know we love getting those. We read those. We may not be able to respond to all of those. We're doing our best to do it. And we were talking about it tonight. We're like, man, we may need to hire somebody just to respond to emails because yeah. it is getting overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, the response is incredible. And we thank you for responding every day, like tons of emails and text messages. And that just helps us realize that we're making an impact because every one of you are so great. Well, I say every one of you, the majority of you are very grateful for the podcast and here you let us know how it's making a difference in your life. And that, that helps us out because we come in here and we see us three sitting behind microphones and talking, but that's where real life is lived. And uh, we're thankful for that. So keep writing, keep bringing it in and uh, let us know your story. Another really cool thing that has happened this week, and I want to give props to Justin Knight, who yes. is the real stud of the RFP. He is the real MVP. Yes, he is. Mm -hmm. So Sherry Allen, one of our listeners, sent us a message saying that some hearing impaired people hmm. wanted to hear the show. So she began signing the shows to them, and they Incredible. loved it. They thought it was funny, and she said, is there any way we could maybe make some transcripts available? No way. And I first thought, man, that how do you do that? That's impossible. Yeah. Justin Knight figures out how to make it happen, and his wow. description emailed to me telling me how this was going to happen. I have no idea what he said. It was absolutely <laughs> it like was Greek. language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just this dude's on genius level. And I was like, man, that sounds great. So now if you go to recoveringfundamentalist.org, and right on the Listen tab at the top of the page, there's a link that says Download Transcripts. If you click on that, there are three transcripts on there now. Dr. Phil Kidd Part 1, Dr. Phil Kidd Part 2, and Dave Young. That's incredible. The last one. So if you click on these, man, they look so good. They're professional. They've got our logo. This just Justin did incredible with this. Without him, I'm going to be honest, we were just talking to microphones and hope people are listening. Like He has kept the website up. We now have a merch store that is absolutely incredible. That's all thanks to Justin. He got the transcripts going on. Uh, he works with all the hosting and the and the keeping up of the website. So Justin Knight, if you're, if you're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, go follow Justin Knight yeah. and give him some love. Our voices are what you hear on the podcast, but Justin Knight is what's making it happen, and yeah. we want to thank him for that. The only thing Justin ever did wrong was to go along with your plan to give Brian a visor. That's the only thing. <laughs> Justin, you should have never listened to them and put the Brian visor. I wonder, has anybody even bought a Brian visor? I haven't. <laughs> Could you see my bald head sticking out the top of a visor? <laughs> we need to figure out if anybody's done that. 
Hey, if you have bought some RFP swag, I know we've seen some folks that have bought the face shields because we got the mask mandate right now. We've got some folks with the hats. I don't know if anybody's bought the Brian visor, but we're going to bring those back, baby. Brian, it's going to happen. I'm feeling it. I'm naming and claiming and walking around you seven times and blowing a shofar. It's going to happen. It's going to be good. Yes. So tag us in that. Hey, October is coming. And I love the month of October for us because, yes, October is like fall and, you know, it's Halloween and stuff for us. It's Christmas. And we've got something for October that's going to be absolutely amazing. We have, if you're on Twitter, and if you're not, go make a Twitter handle and get on and start following the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast because there are what are known as Anon accounts. If you're not on Twitter, these are anonymous accounts. These are people that make accounts, and and there's some of them that are really good, and we're bringing on some of the OGs, if you will, of the Anon accounts. We have coming on whoever this is. We love them. We like them or her. Fake sermons. IFB Preacher Clips is coming on. Everybody's like, September 31st, they're so good, they get their own day. Uh, Listen, it took me a while to make that graphic, and I wasn't going back and changing it, so we just left September 31st, but they're coming on September the 30th on that episode, and then when we get into October, we've got The Wrestling Pastor is going to be on on October the 7th. That is one of my favorite accounts. I don't know if y'all follow it, but he does WWF, WWE wrestlers, and like puts things like, uh, I can't be at church today because we have a softball tournament, and it's somebody body slamming into the, you know, like Hulk going, oh. Oh yeah, I love. Wait, that was Randy Savage. Man, I, yeah. I'm a wrestler fan, hey, and I just messed go. that up completely. But we got him coming on on the seventh, on the fourth, October the fourth, which is my anniversary. Shout out, Ooh. Kimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Northwest Seminary is yes. going to be there. I love Northwest yeah, Seminary. He's good. Uh, the twenty first is uh, Lloyd Legalist, the OG the of my all. Yeah. Like. 36,000 followers. This guy right here is the OG of yeah. Twitter Anon accounts. I think he's what got everybody else he's started. He's the first Anon I followed like five or six years Same. ago. I don't know, a long time ago. Hilarious. And then we got the Loving Pastor on the 28th, and he's wrapping it up with the Piggly Wiggly revival. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for that one. That's coming in October, so be sure to stay tuned and uh, hear all of your favorite Anon accounts. And uh, we've got some Anon accounts that are taking after our names now. Yeah, we have some haters And on using Twitter. our faces yeah. as the profile picture. There's one that's John Calvin Graves yeah. that's out right now. Yeah. So far, Brian and I don't have hater accounts, but I'm sure that's coming. Actually, I'm going to make we, one tonight. We may be just a little bit more likable than you. I don't know. Or it's you. Well, I do have... <laughs> JC does think that I'm I'm the uh, JC Graves. I literally just asked him sitting in the studio. <laughs> Brian gets, are you fake sermons all the time? But I just asked Nate are you John Calvin Graves? Because this guy knows a lot about me. It's kind of freaky. I mean, he's stalking my Facebook and going back. He actually said that he was the only one not in that picture with you and that other guy. Yeah, which makes no sense. That's Brian Saylor. He's a friend, and this guy wasn't there. So Hmm. I don't know who it is, Nathan. He offered to go eat with us. I just don't think he'll show up. I think we'll be stood up, but we can go eat Mexican anyway. That's a good Yeah, and he chose a restaurant in Ringgold, so... Well, I do have tons of anonymous accounts that send me mean messages. Oh, yeah. And that even post on my tweets. I mean, I don't know how anybody couldn't appreciate the things I tweet. Um, I stir up trouble <laughs> under my own name, and they they come after me big time. So the Earnestly Contending is constantly posting things on all of our 
threads and stories and tweets and all that different stuff. And this KJV, I don't know which one. I'm pretty it is. sure that's Nathan Rager on a burner. Account. I think it is. He's like, yeah, it, it He gave us props the other day. Yeah. He said, hey, these guys aren't like the fake and non accounts. I was like, buddy, you're a fake and non account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get that. Well, the odd thing for me about the anon accounts, you know, when anytime we post anything controversial, they're there. But then, you know, recently I posted something like, you know, Jesus is Lord. And they can't <laughs> even show any unity at all when I post something yeah. they agree with. You know, they can't support Jesus is Lord. But, man, they can uh, they can chime in when I'm talking about the overabuse of pastoral authority. Lloyd um, Legalist defended us the other day. Yeah. Lloyd Legalist Come on. defended us. Did you see that? I did. That's like yeah, that was one of the greatest days of our lives. That's like all these big <laughs> IFB pastors when Trump shook their hand and they think they're important now. <laughs> hey, we've got Lloyd Legalist. I hope people realize that we're doing what we're doing as a ministry. As a matter of fact, I want to just say to the uh, to the patrons who are supporting yeah. uh, this this ministry, I wish you know that that we had been free enough that so far we could have fulfilled everything that we spoke about. Uh, with regard to you supporting us as a patron, all of that's on the way. Mm -hmm. it's but, coming. but I hope you realize that more than anything else, you're investing in a ministry. Yeah. And this ministry is growing. Yeah, and if anybody wants to know if you're making a difference by supporting the RFP, we found out this week, kind of stumbled onto it, Mind that we were number 132 on the top shows for religion and spirituality on iTunes, Apple iTunes. Unreal. And I found out since then that that is the most crowded category out of all the podcasts, right at 100,000 religion and spirituality podcasts. And we were number 172. And then like three days later, we were bumped up to like 131. So guys, keep supporting us. And this isn't like patting ourselves on the no. back. We're there because you're listening. Yeah. We're there because you care, because this has struck a chord with so many people out there. So thank you. Keep liking, keep subscribing, keep sharing. Give us some ratings. Yeah. Put a comment on there, positive or negative, because we know you're going to do it. But let us know that you're listening and doing it there, because, I mean, we're this is unbelievable to be 26 episodes in, and we're in the top 200 of the religious podcasts that are out there. And we know there are some of you, and uh, man, you're really giving and you're really sacrificing. And there are some specific things that we've committed that we're going to be doing, and we will follow through with those yes. things because you deserve it. As yes. a matter of fact, you deserve anything we could do and more. By the way, you are the ones who's going to make it possible for this ministry to go to the next level yep. when we're able to start meeting people in person having meetups, and, and that's where we're really going to pour into people. But one of the reasons that hasn't happened yet is because one of the hosts hmm. for the RFP has been in a serious season of big transition. Yeah. We've been knowing this for a while. JC, I think you ought to let the listeners know what God is doing in your life, in your family's life, and what the next step for the Groves family looks like. Yeah, it's been crazy. This last 10 months has been a ride. I'm telling you that much. Uh, even before the podcast started, 
God was just working in my heart that there was something new out there. Um, for those of you that don't know, I'm the campus pastor of a multi-site church. We started this campus eight years ago with a handful of people, and pre-COVID, we were busting about a thousand in three services, and we just moved into a multi-million-dollar building two weeks ago. And uh, on Monday, the day after we moved into a building, I actually resigned hmm. and said, "We're done." And um, I can't explain it. Uh, it's hard to put into words, and it. it Logically and rationally, it doesn't make sense because this building is what we've worked for for eight years. But you know, I want—I've always said when God says jump, I want to say how high. And I'm like, you know what? This is where I want to go. If, if you know, faith is stepping into the unknown. Faith is doing what God is asking you to do, even when it doesn't make sense. And uprooting yeah. your family. Eleven years ago, we packed up, moved two thousand miles away to Salt Lake City, Utah. We were there for two years, and God brought us back home. And uh, this church has been amazing. Um, we are heading down to Statesboro, Georgia. Uh, there is a phenomenal church down there called Connection Church. Um, look them up, Connection Church. They have music that is, that's actually how I got connected with Connection Church <laughs> was through Connection Music. And there's a song called Faithful Right Now that is absolutely incredible. Back in January, I was listening to this song. It's about 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning because you have to understand just a few months before that, I'd gotten home from a sabbatical and I very clearly heard God say, JC, you're done. You've got to release this. It's not yours to take to the next level. And I kind of fought that, guys. I mean, I've spent eight years trying to build mm-hmm. this church and be part of the community and do things in there. And it was just like God said, you're done. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go. And I was really struggling because things weren't working out the way I thought. And I learned something in that is when we maneuver and manipulate the Holy Spirit, we're not trusting. And I was wow. trying to figure it out on my own and make things happen for God, where little did I know it's going to take 10 months in the process. We got this podcast started in January. Um, things have just been rolling. I mean, we would have never thought we would be right here 26 episodes in with this many downloads, with this ministry continuing to grow. And I'm glad I didn't leave in January because mm-hmm. we get to be here in the J Radio Studios, and there's just a lot of things that God is always at work. Mm-hmm. It might be behind the scenes, but he's always doing things we're completely unaware of, but one day we'll benefit from. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has called us to go down to Connection Church in Statesboro, Georgia, to be the student and college pastor. Like, I listen to you guys preach. I'm like, man, they are so good. And being a campus pastor, if it's taught me anything, it's that I'm made for student ministry. Yes. I am just a student pastor at heart. Yes, I can't get away from it. And so we're heading down there. We're going to be just a couple miles away from Georgia Southern University, which is one of the top party schools in the country. Over 20,500 students. It's incredible. Yeah. And nobody's doing anything for college students wow. in Statesboro. So we're going down. I believe that co- that student ministry is middle school to college. And I'm telling you what, I am fired up. This last eight years, being out of student ministry, getting to help a little bit, but it has been a dry season for me because it's just not where I'm supposed to be. And so breaking up is hard to do. This past Wednesday night at our first Wednesday service, uh, my wife, who's an incredible singer, and uh, she sang Oceans, which we went old school a little bit and sang Oceans. I know some that's brand new. They're still singing Days of Elijah, and they're like, oh, we just started singing that one. But (laughs) we went old school and uh, sang Oceans and just talking about walking out on the water with faith unknown that we just took a big step of faith. And then I came out and just said, hey, you know, chapter one, God took us to Utah. Chapter two, he brought us back here eight years ago. And we're willing and ready to submit to chapter three. We're stepping into the unknown. And it's time to go. It's time to say, okay, God, here we go. And we're moving to Statesboro. Guys, listen, I believe that God's will is practical. Mm -hmm. It's not mystical. We weren't out of God's will working there. We were in God's will, but we're stepping into a new chapter. We put our house on the market. (laughs) And in 48 hours, 
We had a buyer. We were under contract. We drove to Statesboro, found a house. We're under contract there in 48 hours. It's just like boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom. There's so many things that are just falling into place. And uh, I believe that that faith is following God's instructions, even when it doesn't make sense, even when it doesn't seem logical or rational. Faith means being obedient. It sure does, JC. And one of the things that was a part of you stepping away was having that difficult talk. Mm, yeah. You, ha- you had to not only video that talk, but then you had to deliver that talk live. And on our text thread, that you're we were there talking every about- once in a while on. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I-, I text with you guys more than anybody else. You were talking about the fact that it was so difficult to yeah. have that conversation. It was. And so tonight, this episode is going to center around the idea of people who have to have that conversation or the talk with their family yeah, or with their pastors as they know they're leaving the IFB and yet they feel like they can't be fully released until they talk to the people they love and the people they know mm. who love them. And so what that leads to is this really difficult conversation that tonight uh, we're calling the talk. Um, (laughs) I think it's difficult for a lot of people. Just in the last week and a half, I've heard from a former pastor who had to tell his family. He has been in ministry for a long time. He, He parents well. He husbands well. He's a great man. But they had to sit down in some way, like adolescents, Mm. and tell the family what they were doing and why they were doing it. And the most difficult person they had to talk to was the father-in-law. And he just talked about all of the things the family said, all of the things the father-in-law said, trying to have the talk. And then I've talked to a young up-and-coming pastor who has had to have the talk with person after person after person. He's had to talk with people from his former Bible college. And, of course, they roasted him royally. Mm -hmm. They gave him every reason why this was the wrong decision, why he, he needed to rethink things. And then word spread because they would tell another person and another person, another person about his decision And so those people would call him, and over and over and over again, he's having to have this difficult talk, being chewed out every single time, then having to talk with the pastor back home, and then talk to the family. And then I heard from a young pastor who's actually one of those gifted young men that I've met in a good while. He had to have the talk with a former mentor, and that former mentor who's a pastor unloaded both barrels on this young man, called him everything but a deserter and a heretic. And guys, I think there are a lot of our listeners out there who have either had the talk or they're approaching having the talk. Yeah. That's a difficult place. It really is. I had a conversation with someone this week that I absolutely cannot name. Uh, They are in a situation with their family, and there have been demeaning comments They have mocked him. They have accused him of walking away from God. They are kind of rubbing some things in his face over some things that they are doing that is is kind of pushing his family out from the rest of the family. Mm. And 
he just opened up to me this week at, at a really deep level saying, you know, I love my family. I care deeply about my family. But no matter how hard he tries and how hard he tries to mend fences, it just pushes them further away. So I think this this talk is really, really important. I actually asked this guy, I was like, man, what are you doing? Are you sacrificing cats or something? I mean, like, what are you, what are you doing? Are you, are you like worshiping Buddha now? And he's like, no, man, we're just going to a church that, you know, is, is a little bit more relaxed as far as the, the preferences, the second, third level, the open-handed issues. He said, and that is our family's decision. It's not mom and dad's decision. So I think this talk is really one of the most important things we can do a an episode on right now. Because normally when you hear the words, the talk, it's awkward. It's filled with some strangeness because the talk in other contexts than this is not necessarily what we're going to be talking about tonight. And I think even like the talk, if you will, when you're a teenager and a parent having that conversation, this can be just like that, awkward. There can mm-hmm. be some a lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, a lot of like misunderstandings that can take place. And so I believe this is a very important conversation. The thing that made me really aware of how critical this conversation is, how difficult it is, and the fact that there are implications and consequences often attached to this conversation uh, was knowing that I have two pastor friends who told their families that they were resigning from their independent Baptist churches Hmm. and they were going to be planting non-denominational churches or taking non-denominational churches, or they were going to be joining the Southern Baptist convention, taking a Southern Baptist church. And since having those conversations, their families haven't spoken to them. Hmm. They've been completely, totally disowned, not included in family get togethers. They're not invited to Christmas uh, these individuals have been completely abandoned by their families. I think there are a lot of people in our listening audience who hear those stories, who know people who have those stories, and think about how difficult it would be to tell your family if you believed that was the conversation that was going to lead to the breakdown of your family. Hmm. A lot of people feel like they couldn't even live with themselves. Yeah. A friend from my childhood reached back out to me this week, and we we had a lot of conversations, like two hours worth of telephone conversations. And one of the things he told me was that when he had to have that talk, his family told him that according to Scripture, they had to mark him and avoid him. He was still going to a Christian church, Christian denomination, still reading his Bible, still loving the Lord, still believing all the orthodox doctrines of the faith, just walking away from the IFB. And he was marked as a heretic. I actually had a really interesting conversation this past week uh, with a pastor evangelist son, and their family started making just minor changes. And we were talking... And he was telling me how that he was dating a young girl uh, from another church, and his sister then wore pants, and they would listen to other styles of music other than just you know hymns or Southern gospel. And in a church service, he was told out loud that he was leading people astray. Uh, this young lady was told that her family was going to end up on the rocks, wrecked completely spiritually because they were allowing their daughter to date this young man. 
who had a sister who wore pants and, and because they listened to some contemporary Christian music, I think people live in fear of that that division that yeah. can happen because we don't want to stir up strife. We, we want to be able to get together for the Christmas dinner. We want to get a Christmas card, be able to give a gift. And I think a lot of people stay in the IFB not because they, they're fed there, not because they spiritually belong there. I think a lot of people stay there because they're afraid to have this talk yeah. that we're talking about now. And I think there's a couple of reasons. One, they, they're they're at the church that they've been at their whole life. Everybody they know is there. Um, that's their circle, if you will, and their shared beliefs and practices. It's that close social connection that they have. And I think the talk about them when they have this talk or if they leave the pain of that, because you're, I mean, we know when we started this podcast, we said, this is a line in the sand. We knew that we were willing to take that step that there's no going back guys. Like we do this episode number one, Nate, when we're sitting down there at the old studio and said, Hey, we do this episode. There's no going back. Like we can't look back and think we're going to get preaching bookings at these IFB churches or camp (laughs) meetings or think, thank God they're not coming. Um, But you know, like this is a line in the sand and the talk, I mean, think about the conversations that have been had about us just doing this podcast from close family, Mm -hmm. from people that we have looked up to, people that we love because we're saying things that don't meet their requirements. And I think, you know, I I think of a young man that's a a worship leader now, when he left the IFB church, the prayer request or the gossip circle, also known as the prayer chain, um, that was called, there was a prayer request about him that was going out that the devil is really working in his life now because he's leading music without a suit on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's using a guitar that crushed this young man. Like he was like, that's what people think about me. And I think that's why a lot of people just have the talk or never have the talk and they just leave because having the talk is too difficult to say we're out. Yeah. And one of the things that confuses me about the IFB is the I in the IFB, the independent. Mm -hmm. If anybody believed that it was okay to follow God's will out of something into a new place. It should be should IFB be. people. I mean, they obviously don't think we need to go back to the Holy Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. They obviously think that people need to have some sort of autonomy when it comes to making decisions and following the Lord for their family. It's almost like all the things that we were taught growing up that you step out in faith, you follow God, but then when you do that, if it leads you to somewhere your family doesn't approve of, even mm, if it's biblical, even if it's scriptural, even if you still believe and affirm all mm. of the fundamentals of the faith and more, it's still not good enough. So I personally don't understand in a tradition of Protestant reformers who came out of something that was corrupt and then the IFB stepping out of the Southern Baptist Convention, Mm. which they thought was corrupt at the time. And there was some liberalism and some corruption in it, but they chose to step out. But then when people step out from them, it doesn't seem to be a level playing field. Yeah. Part of an email that we received a while back said the IFB thinking is hard to escape. Mm. They used this language Mm. that said, it's a disease that infects every aspect of your life. Truly abandoning the forsaking of the IFB movement takes work, a lot of it. For many ex-IFB church members and pastors, it took years of therapy to truly break the bondage of fundamentalism that it had on their lives, and even then, deep scars remained. And it's interesting, following up last week's episode with Dr. Dave, and by the way, he did a great job. Our listeners 
have he he texted me today and said, "Hey man, I don't know who how you guys do this." He said, "Since I've come on the podcast, I need to take a vacation because people are blowing me up with yeah. emails, text messages on social media." So thank you listeners for engaging with him. I believe he's an honorable man and he did bring up some really good points that there are some good IFB churches out there and some good pastors and some good evangelists, mm-hmm. but we also need to acknowledge that there are a lot of dangerous places. Yeah. There are a lot of places that have left scripture behind and it's all about tradition. And there are some people that need to walk away from some toxic environments, from toxic leadership. Yeah. And, and I agree with that, Nathan. The one thing I would say is none of us are independent Baptist at all, and none of us are going to affiliate with with any branch or division of the independent Baptist church uh, because, you know, there's basic shared beliefs and shared unscriptural standards that I just, I can't unsee. Uh, years ago, I had a guy who was arguing with me about why wouldn't I just come back to the independent Baptist church, and I said this to him, once you see truth, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And so there are things that I can't unsee. I've crossed that bridge. I've, I've had those talks. I remember when I told my dad what God was doing in my life, the conversation that we would frequently have was, was him saying to me, you know, why don't you just come back in this direction a little bit? Why don't you just move back? If you could just be a little more balanced, that was the word he used frequently. And we kept having the talk over and over again. And one day I finally just looked at him and I said, Daddy, if I were to change what I believe right now, I would be a compromiser. Yeah. I've made this move out of conviction. And I think that's the one thing that people need to understand. If you leave the IFB because of convenience, you're leaving for the wrong reason. Yeah. It needs to be conviction about things you have seen in God's Word, things you believe about God's Word. If you leave for any other reason, in my opinion, you're leaving for the wrong reason. Last week, we conceded the point that Dave was trying to make, and he made very well, that there are good IFB people out there. There are good IFB churches. But I would also ask for the same courtesy for us. Is it possible that God has called us to reach a group of people that the IFB will never reach? Is it possible that God legitimately called our families out of one denomination into another one and that we're not running from God and that we don't need to come back home? I believe that God wants to reach different people through different groups, and I've never looked back. I I don't feel drawn. I don't feel, Mm -mm. feel compelled. I don't feel led back into the IFB. I love a lot of those people. I'm thankful for a lot of those people. And I know there are some really good ones out there, Mm -hmm. but God has called us to a new season. He's called us to a new field, to a new harvest. And for our listeners who are really struggling with this, the place that my mind goes is however this talk goes, because it was different for all three of us, but however this talk goes with you and your family, you need to know, number one, what you believe. Yeah. You need to be able to give an answer for the hope that lies within you. Mm. You need to be able to say, these are the reasons, the biblical reasons why we're leaving and the biblical reasons why we are stepping out. And I just have to be honest with you. Your 
family is probably most likely not just going to accept that. Mm-hmm. They should, because as an adult, as a father, as a mother, as the leadership of your family, you should be able to say God is leading us here. These are the biblical reasons why, and that should be respected, but that's not always the case. Well, one thing I would say, Nathan, in follow-up to what you just said, I'm not convinced that adult people need to step back into the role of children and get everyone in their spheres approval of the move that they're making. Romans 14, everyone must give an account of himself to God. You know, one of the things about the IFB, at least the IFB that we grew up in, intimidation was a weapon and a tool that was used frequently. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, as an adult man, I can remember being in services and feeling scolded. And I was 10 years old again in the Sunday school class, terrified that the teacher was going to keep his promise and go get my daddy. Intimidation was a tool and a weapon. And, and a lot of people are putting themselves back in adolescence when they're in adulthood and they're responsible for their decisions. And so getting with your family and pleading with them to accept you as if you're making this horrible, blasphemous move against God, I'm not really sure that's required. You know, my brain goes to John 10, 10 when you're talking, Brian, that talks about how the enemy has come to steal and to kill and destroy He's come to steal your joy. There's a difference in joy and happiness. Happiness is based on your happening. Joy is something that only Jesus can bring. And I know for me towards the end and for all of us, there's no joy in that. When you're going through life and you're worried about mm-hmm. having the talk, you're worried about what is people thinking, when you're worried about what is it, what's the shunning going to look like when I leave, there's no joy there. Yeah, living for man's approval. That's what it, it's all about. That's mm-hmm. from day one of this podcast. We've said, are you living for man's approval or from what God says about yeah. you? Acceptance from knowing who you are in him and whose you are in him. Yeah. And he's come to steal that joy. Satan yeah. knows that. And I yeah. think a lot of times the joy suckers are family members. I mean, let's be, be honest with yeah. that. He's come to steal your joy. He's come to kill your witness and destroy your life. But the verse doesn't end there. Mm-hmm. It goes on to say, but I have come that you can have life and have it more abundantly, yeah. King James. Or as other versions say, you can have to the full life to the fullest. Thank you. I, I think what happens a lot of times is people stay in this place because they're worried mm-hmm. about what people are going to say about them. They're worried what might be lost in mm-hmm. the transition out, and they allow Satan to defeat them. They're not living the full life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10. 10. And listen, do not misquote us and say, oh, well, the recovering fundamentalist said if you leave the IFB, that's what Jesus is talking about in John 10.10. 10. No. We've discovered the fullness of joy that comes from living a life that is totally devoted to him, that's walking in the newness of life that he's called. He didn't call us to always be searching for an old path. He said, hey, I want you to press forward into the new, and I want to give you life more abundantly, living that. That's not your best life now. That's not thinking positive or any of this. It's knowing that he's in control, and we're walking with him into that new life that he's come to give us. Yeah. Well, J.C., one of the things that I hear frequently that's used against people when they're having the talk is the idea that you're leaving the faith. Mm. Yes. You know, a few weeks ago when we were interviewing Phil Kidd, he made this comment, well, that's a Bible word. (laughs) 
And if you remember, my rebuttal was, no, that's a King James word. Right. <laughs> to him, the King James is the only Bible. Well, to a lot of people, the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church is the only church. And so when they read the Bible and they see you know, the words, the faith, they don't think about the fact that they're just one tiny expression of God's global church. Yeah, that's right. But the and church is all over the world. Come on. When they read the faith, they don't picture some Asians in a little hut next to a rice paddy mm -hmm. gathered around one page of a scripture yep. talking and learning how to live their faith, and they don't have a lead pastor, and they don't have a worship team, and they don't even know hymns. And they, they don't even have any understanding of a pianist with a beehive hairdo <laughs> and, you know, a flashy dress and, and lots of jewelry and makeup. They, they don't understand yeah. any of those things. We are just, even now, we're just one tiny fragment mm, of a yeah. part of God's great big global church. But when they read the words, the faith, they automatically think that's a reference to the independent yep. fundamental Baptist church. And so if you leave that, you are leaving the faith. Yeah. Let's just be honest. There are a lot of people out there that cannot imagine that God would lead somebody else a different direction than he led them. Right. I'm glad God leads people in different <laughs> yes. directions because people reached yes. my dad that other groups weren't reaching. Mm -hmm. People reached your families mm -hmm. that other groups weren't reaching. And as far as that goes, I'm thankful for the IFB. Yeah. Our families were all brought into the faith through that, but I believe there's still people that need to be reached. So don't stay because somebody else can't imagine what God is leading you to do. If God is leading your family, you've got to follow God, even if it means walking away from brothers yeah. and sisters and fathers and mothers. And Jesus even talked about that. Yeah. Second Timothy 4, 7, when Paul said, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith, Paul wasn't confessing that he was an independent, fundamental Baptist. That's not what he was referencing. And I know that's heartbreaking for a lot of people, but Paul didn't have a Schofield, King James Bible, and he wasn't an independent Baptist. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> it's kind of along the lines when some Christians think that God's talking about America in Scripture, yeah. <laughs> or that you know the references to our country or our president play into biblical times. If I see one more video of somebody singing a song about Jesus and somebody running with an American flag, I'm like, that makes no <laughs> sense at all. Yeah, I hate soapbox. I hate the one I saw recently. Um, it was actually um, a picture, and it had Jesus on a cross, and it said, Jesus is my Savior, and then underneath it, it had Donald Trump as my president. Oh, man. I can't imagine Oof. Those two things those two things are not in the same in the same frame. Yeah. Mm. No. You know what all the fake and non accounts are about to say? We're, we're voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> it's that's coming. the next thing. And and here's another thing I wanted to bring up. Let me play devil's advocate for a second. There is a verse in the Bible that says that as much as is in our capacity, we need to live at peace with all people. So I do believe we owe it to our families to give them a good explanation, to be patient with them, to think that our parents who have been in a denomination for decades, five, six decades, would just be okay, and it's no big deal that we are leaving. It is something that concerns them, and I think we need to acknowledge 
that we need to be patient with them. We need to love them. We do need to not fight for their approval, but explain it to them and give them a good answer. Because if we're mandated by God to live at peace with everybody as much as is possible, don't you think that applies even more to our families? Yeah, listen, us telling my family that we're moving to Statesboro, Georgia, even though we're not leaving the IFBN, that's a different kind of talk. I've got some family members that are taking it difficult. And they're, you know, are you sure you're in God's will? Are you sure this is what God wants for you? There's that, we're not, we're not denying that there's not going to be some pain there. We're not denying that there's going to be some people that just aren't going to understand, but sometimes you got to take that step of faith and it's not what mom and daddy's faith is. It's your own. Sometimes you got to just take that step. Yeah. And while I'm playing devil's advocate tonight, I do believe that there are some people who leave with the wrong reasons and the wrong motivations. We've seen this before. Someone just wants to go down the road. Someone wants to be at the cool church with the cool lights, with the cool new music. And I honestly don't believe that's a good reason to leave. Mm -hmm. Because honestly, contemporary churches have as many problems as old path churches. That we're not problem-free. Nope. Pastors who use the ESV have issues just like pastors who use the King James Version. So if you think the grass is just greener on the other side and this isn't an issue where God's leading you somewhere, search your motives. I think God always calls yeah. us in Scripture to search our hearts, to search our motives. I do think people leave for the wrong reasons at times, and I do think some people possibly may be called to stay, Yeah, even though that hasn't been my experience. Uh, Nathan, the only pushback that I would give to what you just said, if people aren't careful, you can easily be a slave to intimidation. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. And what family often does or what a pastor often does is convinces people through intimidation Hmm. that they are walking away from a relationship with Jesus. Hmm. I had someone tell me a few weeks ago, they were told, you're going to lose your family. You're you're going to end up in sin. You're going to throw your whole life away. See, when we talk about there being good independent Baptist churches, I, I believe there are great people out there. And I, I will say that just because a church is unaffiliated doesn't mean that they aren't a great church. Yeah. But some of these tactics are similar because I have these conversations over and over and over again and I have been for years. The only thing I would say to the people who are going to have to have the talk, don't let anybody put the handcuffs of intimidation mm. around your wrist yeah. and hold you captive. Don't allow intimidation to keep you where you are. And I want to speak just a word very quickly to pastors who right now are pastoring for a paycheck. You are nothing more than a hireling Mm. evangelist who are evangelizing for a paycheck. You're nothing more than a hireling because you say behind the scenes that you no longer believe what the independent fundamental Baptist believes, that that's not who you are, but that you're just staying there because the price to leave would be far too high. I'm a guy who stood in front of a church of 500 people and said, These changes are going to be happening because this is what I'm seeing in the Scripture, and God's Word doesn't require my approval. It mandates my obedience. Mm. And over the next three to four years, we lost over 
hundred people who were members of our church. That's called conviction. Yeah. And I'm ashamed of all of the men who, for the sake of a paycheck, hmm. are preaching sermons on a Sunday, occupying a space behind a pulpit, and just going through the motions when they really don't even believe in what they're a part of and what they're preaching. That's sad. God's word speaks against being a hireling. Have the courage to make the changes that need to be made, to have the talk with whoever you need to have the talk with, and make sure it's a talk of conviction. You know, Brian, that's a great point, and that's a great place to stop right now with this episode. But I want we get this question a lot. Hey, I'm leaving the IFB, or I've left. What are you guys reading? What was something that you were listening to or reading while yeah. you were going through that transition? And we're going to have a tab on our website uh, soon where you're going to be able to click, and there's going to be resources there, books that have helped us out, books that we're reading, uh, podcasts we're listening to, uh, music that's helping us through that, some articles maybe that we've sermon seen. Sermon series. Sermon series. This is stuff that will be content that can help you as a one-stop shop place that you can go to and say, man, I'm really struggling in this area today, and we want to be able to help you just through our experience, mm-hmm. how God's used mm-hmm. this stuff in our lives. We want to be a blessing to you there. Hey, guys, I read this uh, letter from a lady. I don't know who she is. Um, I came across this letter. It was on a blog somewhere back in, man, I want to say October, November of last year. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it was this letter that kind of got the wheel spinning about doing this podcast. It was not, uh, I saved it in my bookmarks. It's literally been saved in my bookmarks over a year now. <laughs> and I think this episode is a great one to to kind of read. This, this is just from her heart. And it says, dear friends, we haven't met, although there's a good chance that if you're reading this, we've lived very similar lives. That being said, I'm not going to pretend that even with the similarities that I know what you've been through or are going through at this moment. I just want to say that I get you. I see you. You're struggling with carrying the heavy burden of indecision, of fear, of the unknown. You who feel miserable, wondering when this all started and where this misery came from, I get you. You who are tired, downtrodden, forcing your head to stay above water, confused on why the master of the sea has even allowed you to start drowning in the first place, you who are guilty, ashamed, and discouraged, wondering why you just can't be happy serving God, You whose past memories haunt you and are relived every day, the wounds of abuse still feel so raw, you wonder if they'll ever start scabbing over to heal. I see you, and I weep with you. You who feel that the Bible you've heard preached doesn't add up to the Jesus within its pages. You who have tons of questions, will this end? Will this change? Can I stick this out? Is it possible to be thankful and push through? Will I still hear God's voice remaining in my life if I leave? Or will I face his judgment? We face the same questions, and we're here to say, we see you. You who are so, so tired, ready to throw in the towel, accept your current circumstances and the possibility that you'll never be fulfilled. You who were born and raised, your parents are in the church, your siblings are too. This is all you've ever known. I know. It was all we knew too. You who love your independent fundamental Baptist church and people in it and wonder if the problem is not them, but somehow you. You who just by hearing this, for some reason, you're wondering why you're even searching in the first place. You've given your all. You've tried your hardest. You've done your best. We see you. We grieve with you. We were you. We see you trying to make that unbelievably hard decision. We're not here to tell you what to do or what you should do. We're not here to even make you leave. Only you can make that jump. 
We're just here to say we see you and we love you. And I think that letter, guys, really wraps up mm. what a lot of our listeners are feeling right now. Yeah. We've been there. Yeah. We've done that. We've got the T-shirt. Yes, it felt like the hardest thing ever to have that conversation or to walk away. And yes, there are some friendships and some relationships that aren't what they used to be. But the joy that is found in knowing you're where Jesus wants you to be is so much greater than that. Yeah. Amen. JC, that was powerful, and that definitely resonated with me, and Mm. I know it will with our listeners. I believe what this whole talk comes down to is that we have one shepherd. Yeah. He is a good shepherd, and he leads his sheep. We go through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm. He leads us in green pastures. He restores our souls. He leads us through paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yeah. And there's different seasons in our life and different places that he leads us. I would say the most important thing for all of this is to know that you're following the Good Shepherd. That's right. And if you are, you're going to be okay. And he has given us his Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us and to apply it to our lives. Mm. And for the husband who is trying to lead his wife and his children after the Good Shepherd— We're with you. We're Mm. praying for you. For the wife who's still trying to convince her husband that he's in a toxic environment, Mm. we're praying for you. For the pastor who doesn't know what to do, his very livelihood is at stake, we're praying for you. We love you. We're here with you. You're part of a family. And for those who may be listening who are on the other side of this whole issue, if your kids are coming to you saying, God is leading me somewhere, you Owe it to them and Mm. to your good shepherd to listen Mm. to them and to encourage them in the gospel and in the truth, not in what you want. And I'm a father. I'm a parent. I Mm. get this. But we're called to encourage them to follow Jesus, not us. Mm. Yeah. And JC, we know right now that's the season you're in. Yeah. Uh, You're attempting to follow Jesus. And for those who are independent Baptists, wholeheartedly who are listening to this podcast because we know there are a lot of you out there. Yeah. And for those who aren't independent Baptist at all, and you're listening to this podcast, we know you're out there. The one thing we do have in common is we love Jesus. Yeah. We want to glorify him. We want to honor him. And I pray that would be true for every single one of us. And JC, I know that's where you are right now. You're trying to live to the glory of God, Mm. which for you right now means living into the unknown. Yeah. By the way, I admire Kim for following you and trusting that God's going to lead you guys well. And uh, I really feel impressed, uh, and I say that with sincerity, to pray for you guys um, as you get ready to make this big transition. Well, I appreciate that, Brian. It's definitely extreme sadness, the relationships. You see the work that you've done for so long, and you just got to hand it over. But there's, my goodness, I can't tell you how much peace and joy and daggum excitement there is to get there and get started. Um, it's going to be good. Nate, you had the opportunity to be there at our, our service when I read the letter the other night. And that, I'm, I want to thank you for being there. That means a lot to me, buddy. That's awesome. You know, just to see you back there and like have a have a face that was outside of the bubble that was Rockbridge in that mm-hmm. moment. And just to you, you really did my heart good to to see you there because I lost it from the moment go. <laughs> I mean, I was over there bawling my eyes out I right at the be- right at the start and. <laughs> And it was that was one of the hardest things to date that I've ever had to do was have that talk with 
hundreds of people, and nobody knew. It was a shock. But when God says go, you got to take the step. And the only thing I'd quit it back to, and I think this is what a lot of our people are feeling. I was thinking this while you were just saying what you did, Nathan. When I was at New Life Camp in Raleigh, North Carolina, as an 11-year-old kid, I was the big boy that could do the the cannonball. I was husky back then. Still am. (laughs) I'm just taller now. But um, they had two diving boards. And there was a small diving board and a high diving board. And you jumped off into a lake, which, by the way, I don't like swimming in anything. You can't see the bottom. I'm made for pools, not lakes or oceans or any of that stuff. And I'll never forget, it was the last day of camp. It was two weeks of camp, and I finally got on the high dive, and I was paralyzed with fear. I did not want to let go of the little railing that was at the top of the stairs. I was just captivated by fear. I'll never forget the lifeguard. His name was Hank. He He was a lifeguard and a counselor. Dude was like seven foot tall. And he just looked at me, and he goes, hey, Groves. Hey, Groves, all you got to do is take a step. It's like, all right. I mean, I'm at the edge of that diving board. And he said, you big enough, gravity's going to take over. It's like, well, thanks, Hank. This is before the PC culture and, you know, people were snowflakes, whatever. And so all I remember doing is I took a deep breath, I closed my eyes, and I took a step, and gravity took over, and I hit the water, and then I was on the diving board the rest of the day. There's a lot of people I think are terrified right now. You are bear-hugging the diving board. You're holding on to it, white knuckles like you who used to hold on to the back of a pew when an invitation was given because you were guilted into doing something. And we're not trying to guilt you into anything, but we want you to know that we get that fear. We understand that hurt. We know that that pain of what might be. It's the fear of the unknown. But when God says go, you got to take a step and just let him take over. So I appreciate you guys. Love you. Thanks for being there Wednesday night. And Brian, thank you for praying for us, man. Yeah, I want to pray for you. By the way, that was beautiful what you just shared. Do you realize that J.C. Groves may have just had one of the most touching moments, heart-gripping moments in the history of the RFP? Like, I I, I need to go grab tissues now, man. <laughs> he has a heart, after <laughs> Tell all. Tell me about it. Oh. He really does. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, the fact that J.C. Groves uh, is a part of my life, and I know Nathan would echo that. Thank you for his family. Uh, Thank you for the obvious anointing that you've placed on his life. Uh, There is no doubt when you know JC that he is deeply, passionately, wildly, madly in love with you. Lord, thank you for the way that he has dedicated his life uh, to the pursuit of living in obedience to you. Lord, thank you for all of the great and powerful ways you have used him already. Uh, Wherever he's been in ministry, there has been flourishing. And God, I believe that's going to be the reality for this next season. Uh, Moving is difficult. I can't even imagine moving with six kids. There's going to be new schools and there's going to be new kids to get to know. There's going to be new ministry to launch, new vision to set in place. Uh, new leadership uh, to learn and to work with. There's going to be so much that's going to be brand new about this season that JC is stepping into. But God, I pray that the peace of the Holy Spirit will be present all the way throughout. God, use JC incredibly over this next season. God, use him to impact the college that's in that town And through J.C. Groves being a missionary to a college campus, I pray that you would send out gospel-centered 
young adults mm-hmm. all over the nation yes. who will reach people in their families and their relationships and their friendships mm-hmm. that JC will never meet, know, or touch. Mm-hmm. God, do powerful things in this next season of his life. Help Kim to keep her sanity. <laughs> I pray that they would stay strong as a couple, strong as a family, and trust you with everything. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I appreciate you, Brian. Thank you, buddy. And I want our listeners to know that we're praying for you yeah. as you navigate these uncertain waters, whatever season you may be in. The Good Shepherd is there, and you're surrounded by a community. The RFP is a community. It is. And it is growing, and it is thriving, and it's exciting. I cannot believe what God is doing. This is amazing. And just for clarity, this move doesn't change anything yeah. about the RFP. We pressing on, baby. That's we going it. forward and the best is yet to come. Yes it is. I believe yes, that with all is. my heart. I love you fellas. Love it's an you, honor to too. do this with you. Yes, That's sir. it for this week. We want to thank our sponsors Free Life Soap. Thanks for being a sponsor. Podlife.house, check them out, and J Radio. Man, we love our sponsors. They are what is continuing to fund us, helping us continue to go to the next level. And all of our patrons of Patreon, you're the real MVPs behind the scenes doing incredible things. Thanks for believing in the ministry here and uh, for giving. And uh, we are eternally grateful to you and the lives that will be touched and the conversations that will be had. You're a part of that. And if you want to be a Patreon, go to recoveringfundamentalist.org. Click on the Patreon tab. Fun fact, you're getting the episodes a day before anybody else is getting them. We started doing that for our patrons, and they're loving it. And we will have some extra content that will be coming that's only available for you guys. We're we're on that. It's happening. And the sign glossy of King James is coming, too. <laughs> and the three-song EP and your name on the end of the church pew. It's that's coming. Cool. Thank you, patrons of Patreon. We absolutely love you. Guys, until next week when we're here for episode number 27, you have a great week. Be sweet. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Be sure to stop by our social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Give us a follow. Also, go to our website, recoveringfundamentalist.org. That's recoveringfundamentalist.org. There you can find Recovering Fundamentalist swag. You can get your t-shirts and hats. You can join our ex-fundy community. See where we're going to be having some meetups. It's the recoveringfundamentalist.org. Be sure to join us next time for the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. 